0: Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to The Deal Room Podcast. Now in this episode, we've decided to bless your feeds with a podcast replay. We've identified the most popular and most listened to episodes of The Deal Room Podcast and we have them running through your audio waves again. So in today's podcast replay, we have an episode where we talk about using put and call options in M&A transactions. Put and call options are a useful way of allowing parties to enter into an agreement to sell or acquire shares of a business at a future date. Now in this episode we give you a quick overview of what put and call options are, where they are commonly used and the important considerations you need to bear in mind before using them in your share purchase agreement. This episode has been one of the most in-demand topics we've had and we can't wait to share it with you again. Here's our podcast replay. Today, we have back the fabulous Elizabeth Lee talking to us about using put and call options in M&A transactions. Hi, Liz. Welcome back. Hi, Joanna. Thanks for having me back. Great. Okay. Look, let's start off, I think, by taking a step back and talking about what Put and call options are just so that we can make it really clear to our audience what we're talking about here. So, Liz, maybe if you can delve into what put and call options are.
1: Sure. So, put and call options are essentially contractual rights that parties have, you know, under the contract, essentially. So, from a vendor's perspective, when they have a put option, it means that they have the right to force. The purchaser to buy, and conversely, the buyer has a call option. The buyer can force the vendor to sell to them. So at the core, it's you know contractual rights.
0: Yeah. Okay. And then I guess the other thing that we should talk about here is why we would want to use them. And and before we get into that, I think it's relevant for us to talk about where they're used. So they're used in share sale transactions predominantly where a buyer is only buying part of the shares in an organization. Is that right, Liz?
1: Yes, correct. They're often used in uh, mergers and acquisitions, transactions in the context of uh, sale and purchase of shares, and where not all of the shares are being purchased outright. And therefore, you use put and call options to, to stagger the purchase and sale of the balance of the shares. And- you know, often used in an earnout situation, and also can be used for structuring purposes. So, if for whatever reason there's, there's tax, you know, considerations, uh, purchaser or vendor does not wish for the transaction to take place in a particular financial year, for example, they could they you know they could use these these mechanics and structure to to achieve you know the commercial. Uh, objectives.
0: Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's useful for us then to dig into a little bit of the considerations when we're using put and call options, because they're an an alternative way sometimes to structure a transaction and they have some benefits for both parties, but there's also risks and things that considerations that both of the parties need to really be thinking about before they go down the path of adding in put and call options. So maybe let's investigate those A little bit?
1: Yeah, so there's some key concepts in put and call options. There's the option fee, this is the amount that is paid for the grant of the option. So, for example, the option fee might be a dollar. Or the option fee could be significant. It could be it could represent say eighty percent of the purchase price, yeah. and and then with the balance being the exercise price. That's another concept for put and call options. Uh, would be whatever installments are left to be paid. So it can you can have a call option with just the one option, or you know put and call option with just the one option, or you could have multiple options that come up. At different uh, milestones.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess the interesting thing with using put and call options. So, so once again, we're talking about the situation in in a share sale situation where you. Purchasing or the buyer is purchasing part of the shares, issued shares in the company. So we still need to start off with due diligence and investigating the underpinnings of the organisation. So I guess, you know, in this situation, we're not, uh, it's similar to a full company purchase in that the buyer will still want to ensure that it is across any of the uh, skeletons that might be sitting <laughs> in the cupboard of the organisation that they're looking looking to purchase and set up these put-and-call options. But because you can start off with a smaller portion and structure the put-and-call options in such a way that there is discretion – It may be that you can, I guess, delay some of your due diligence if you're only putting up a small, if the buyer's only putting up a small amount of capital for the option fee or for the original purchase. So that's certainly something that I think the parties can bear in mind in terms of, you know, if they're looking to do a deal really quickly, but they don't have time for due diligence, then this is perhaps one way to have a small buy-in and set up an option for future purchase.
1: Yeah, it is possible. I suppose if there is a sort of significant event which they, you know, they being the purchaser might feel particularly concerned about, they can certainly use the triggers in the put and call option structure to manage their risk. So, for example, if let's say they purchased the business and it's been embroiled in litigation and they don't know where that's going to end up. Which will have an impact on, you know, the cash reserves of the company. You know, they could use a put and call option to determine the purchase price once that litigation has has been resolved. So, so certainly,
0: uh, it can be done. Yeah, Liz, let's maybe talk about some of the other considerations in using put and call options.
1: So, the other considerations are that the period in which uh, the options can be exercised. So so you need to think about, well, will there be an expiry date for the option? You know, sometimes there is an expiry date, but you don't have to have an expiry date. But it would be odd to not have an expiry date because, you know, in that situation, you wouldn't be able to close out the deal if you don't have an expiry date. And then there's the triggers. And then what if the triggers, what the triggers are, and then what if the triggers don't occur. So they're the considerations when you use put and call options. You've got to think through and map out all the what ifs before you put it together.
0: Yeah. And I and I think that's an important thing to mention because it can be easy. And and I think the reason that we're talking about this is because if you're out in the field dealing with MA transactions, you you know, the concept of using this sort of approach can provide you know, some flexibility in the way that you're setting a deal up. But there there are a lot of considerations. So it's a good thing to, you know, if you come up with this idea to then ensure that you're dealing with people who understand some of the risks and the considerations who can pop in there to help guide how the commercial deal can be structured around this sort of approach. And maybe let's just briefly touch on what can go wrong. Let's just quickly... Go there to provide a few examples for things that, you know, anyone dealing with this type of structure should be considering as the the sort of issues that can occur.
1: Yeah, so the things that can go wrong are where unexpected events occur and you haven't contemplated it. So then you sort of left in a situation where the parties have to go back to the negotiation table to agree on, well, what should happen because you're crystal ball gazing, really, when you're, you know, do, uh, buying the political option, but but you can manage that risk but by uh, having provisions in uh, your triggers that allow a catch-all. Um, so, so you can certainly allow it, but, you know, it's it certainly uh, you've got to think Right through what all the uh, triggers could be.
0: And I think other, other issues that can occur is for, for whatever reason at a, at a point of trigger, one of the parties is unhappy with the exercise price. So that, that's certainly something that can. Go wrong for one of the parties in the transaction along the way, and because of course you can price your exercise price by way of fixed price or by reference to other factors, like for example EBITDA multiples or whatever. I guess that's something that really needs to be thought through to ensure that both parties will be happy with exercise price when it comes up.
1: Yes, that's right, and, and also you know from the buyer's perspective. It's the issue of control of the company at the end of the day, you know. Um, and put-and-call options are often sort of paired with a shareholder's deed between the two parties, and so there'll be negotiation on, you know, how how the company is controlled during the period that the put and call option um, is still alive.
0: That's a really good point because, you know, for that period of time, you know, these two parties are in bed together. They have to be very clear about how decisions are going to be made and how the company will be run during that period of time. Quite often, I find these sorts of areas can be, you know, a little bit tricky to think about from the outset. But I tell you what, they're sure as hell easier to deal with at the outset than later on if two parties aren't getting on.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. And and the key to this is to make sure that you've you planned thoroughly upfront as to what the commercial drivers are for you as a purchaser and to make sure that they are captured in all the documentation that's in place between, the you know, the buyer and the, and the vendor.
0: Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Liz. Thanks so much for coming along. I hope our listeners have enjoyed it. I think it's been a um, hopefully a useful topic for them. Thanks for having me, Joanne. Well, that's it for this episode of The Deal Room Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our podcast replay of Episode 55 using put and call options in MA transactions. Just a quick recap of this episode. We shared an overview on how you can use put and call options in your MA transactions. Put and call options can be a great tool if negotiated properly, but they're an area where a lot can potentially go wrong if you don't have the right legal advisors assisting in drafting the required legal document. You need lawyers who thoroughly understand the risks and considerations involved and who can help you plan thoroughly and make sure everything is properly documented. Now, if you're interested in talking to our lawyers about using options in your deals, head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au, where you can book a free 15-minute discussion with our Legal Eagles at Aspect Legal. And there you can discuss with our team how you can use put-and-call options in in transactions that you're considering at the moment, or in terms of helping with ideas on how you might handle transactions in the future. And that's it for this episode. Thanks so much. You have been listening in to Joanna Oki and the Deal Room podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by a commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time.